Patrick Stack here. Another day, another bonus sports hit for our listeners of Roy and HG. Here's ABC Sport Daily. If you enjoy it, head over to the Daily Feed and subscribe. If not, well, I guess you just roll on. Cheers. This is an ABC podcast. He's done it. The hoop is gone. The Bledisloe Cup remains on Australian soil. And Matthew Burke is the hero. That was the last time the Wallabies claimed the Bledisloe Cup. It was 2002. If that moment was a person, they'd be 20 years old. So when could we see this drought break? In terms of 2022, it's been what we generously call a mixed international season for Australia. Some high highs, but some dreary lows. Though New Zealand have also been quite bad. By their standards, there are genuine cracks. The Bledisloe kicks off in just over a week. Have we seen enough to suggest the Wallabies could challenge for it? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Sean Maloney is the voice of rugby union for Channel 9 and Stan Sport. He also played lock for Manly before controversially defecting to arch rivals Warringah. The only rivalry more fierce than that one is the Trans-Tasman one. And that's the focus today, Shawnee. Let's walk our way through this. It's easy to dwell on the negatives for Wallaby supporters so far this season, but what is it in the 2022 season that we should be pleased about? Well, Stacky, the highs are very high, and it has been the absolute epitome of a roller coaster ride since that first test match against England. So if we spin it back to early July, Australia delivered this incredible performance to put away England over in Perth. Smart footy this from Australia. Sami holds his feet, pistol pink. Has he done it? He has. He's iced it for Australia. Against all sorts of adversity, Quade Cooper ruled out minutes before kickoff. A host of other injuries, a red card, still find a way to win. Then they lose, and then they lose again to England. So we come into the rugby championship thinking, oh, no, what have we done? They then deliver a huge win in Argentina before losing in record fashion. Then they thump South Africa at Adelaide Oval and then caught one of their biggest hidings at the hands of the Springboks in recent memory at the weekend. So uh, it's hard to adequately describe the lows because it hurts so bad. But Stacky, when we've hit those sweet moments, they have been wonderful. They've been beautiful to watch. We know that Dave Rennie has seen this as a work in progress. What about it has progressed since his time uh, in the head coach role? What have we liked? Okay, excellent question, and I would suggest that the depth that we now have across almost every single position throughout the Wallaby squad, and I guess in a broader Australian rugby sense as well, has really improved. He's blooded a lot of young guys, a lot of debutantes in his time since taking over in uh, 2020. And in addition to that, there's this this style of, of game where it, it just seems to be that it clicks perfectly, so their attack will look wonderful, their defence um, on the other side of that as well can really come together superbly. It's just about sort of levelling it out a little bit so that we get more consistency. So he's managed to put all the little tools in place for them to be one of the best teams in the world. He's got the depth there now as well. Yeah, well, I mean, what we're looking for is consistency. You know, last week it was, it was 70 minutes of excellent footy and we wanted to build on that tonight and we, we met... You know, a team like international rugby at the moment is so tight. And, uh, you only have to be a couple of cogs off and you're going to end up finishing second. And we've seen that right throughout this rugby championship. So, you 
Now we've got to be better. He's won back a number of Aussie rugby fans, I think, as well, since coming in, has Dave Rennie. But the downside is is that just that consistency has eluded both he and his squad. Yeah, you touch on the consistency, and there have been defeats. I mean, we uh, we lost to England in a series at home. You never like to see that. Obviously, have struggled to string wins together against either Argentina or South Africa. What have these low moments told us about where the Wallabies are at right now? <laughs> Oh, I've still got PTSD from Saturday night. Oh, <laughs> it was so bad, Stacky. South Africa seemingly having all the play, and they might have an extension of the lead. They will. Oh, what a start. It was so tough to watch. What have the low moments taught us about the Wallabies? Oh, God, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. To be honest, like, when we thought we'd hit a low in Argentina, we, we sunk lower and fell to a record loss against Los Pumas. Similarly against the Springboks at the weekend, it was the first time they'd won in Australia since 2013 and we handed it up to them in huge style. What do they learn about the low moments? Um, I would suggest that they don't want to be revisiting them. They've, they've come out and said that they knew what happened, they knew what went wrong at the weekend. You know, we, we lost collisions early and uh, that was frustrating, it gave them momentum. There's a series of penalties, which we went out with the yellow card, and so we got put under heat early. But it now becomes a matter of understanding what's happened and then rectifying that for their next game against New Zealand in Melbourne. The good news is, is that we haven't been alone in sort of dwelling in the cellar. The All Blacks... It's weird to even think about them sort of struggling, but that has certainly been the case for them in this international season to date. Um, how would you sum up what we've seen from the, the boys across the ditch? Well, if we take a holistic view on it, the game over there at the moment is... Uh, it's not in turmoil. It's never in turmoil because they have the ability to come out and win by 50, which is what they did against Argentina last weekend. So game's not in turmoil, but there are a lot of rumblings of discontent. That's the way to describe it. Rumblings of discontent between their board between New Zealand Rugby Union, between players, between coaches, between the media, between fans. Everyone is at one another at the moment. Top to bottom, North Island, South Island, everyone has been picking away and chipping at each other due to some of these results that haven't gone their way, due to some of these losses that have never happened before. I mean, New Zealand have have never, ever lost three home games in a row in the history of their formation of a team, 119 years up until last weekend when they lost to Argentina. So time is up on the clock. There goes the siren, and Kibbele kicks it out. Argentina win for the first time in New Zealand. Wow, what a win! They're at each other over there at the moment, but as I said, Stacky, they they still have this. Incredible, incredible ability to just switch it on when they need to. And when they do, they look like a number one ranked team in the world. We've struggled for some time, so we're kind of used to it. You know, like we, it, we can be a bit sort of stiff up a lip about it and be a bit sort of gallows humour. How have the All Blacks faithful sort of coped? <laughs> no, no, no they, don't, they, don't deal, they don't deal with it like we do. <laughs> They're, uh, mate, it got, it got particularly wild over there and their coach... Uh, Ian Foster became the lightning rod for so much of the anger. And, and, and what it was, it was a culmination of a lot of years as well, of the media being shut out, certain people in the media over there being able to 
report on them, bits and pieces that had come through from the All Blacks team, the certain members of the media, not the others. Um, so that all came to that real crescendo when they got smoked by South Africa over in that first rugby championship game. And before that, they lost that series to Ireland as well in New Zealand. We're as frustrated as anyone with last week's game because it was a game that, based on what we saw on the park, it was a game we, we felt we did enough to put ourselves in a winning position and we weren't ruthless enough to do it. So, um, few issues here. They went berserk, mate. And should Australia upset them at Marvel Stadium, then... It, it will really the country might just stop working <laughs> that's what i want to talk about next not the country maybe not working in new zealand but that coming clash in melbourne wallabies versus all blacks they're at a weak moment is it adequately weak that the wallabies uh, could wrestle a bledisloe cup advantage no no like i think you described it perfectly having the gallows humor and just sort of setting that bar that bar of expectation low I, that's what i'm happy to go with i know that the players certainly wouldn't be approaching. They would, you would think and love to think that they'll be going in confident because, as I said, when they turn it on and when they've turned it on this year, they've looked extraordinary. So they can carry that light and I will just, I'll be in the dark places just ready to launch out of if they've managed to surprise them down there in Melbourne on a rare Thursday night game. It's our first midweek test match in Australia, I think Stacky since 94 maybe. It's been a long, long time since we've done that. So they'll get the All Blacks down in Melbourne who will be really well supported there. There's obviously a lot of uh, Kiwis and expats that live in that pocket of the country. So they'll be well supported. Uh, I've At the moment, I've got New Zealanders about 10 point favourites for that game. If the Wallabies are to spring an upset then, what's going to be the key to doing so? They'll need to get it right with some of the players that have gone off injured across the last couple of weeks. So they lost uh, Noel Lolasio and Hunter Paisami. That's their number 10 and the number 12, two of the really key positions on the field. So hopefully they can get them back. Hopefully they can be fit. This, that's the thing. What do they need to, to do well? They need to do well what they did against the Springboks in the first 10 minutes in Adelaide and pockets and parts of the game that they delivered against Argentina and England as well. What? Sharp again. It's there for them. They can deliver it. It's just a matter of, uh, of bringing it all together on the night. If not now, then when, Shawnee? Oh, I don't know, 2064. You and I will be <laughs> long in the ground if, if not now. Because what happens is it obviously becomes cyclical. And if this is New Zealand at their bottom point, like, I mean, and we still can't get it, how high do we have to go or how much lower... Well, they're not going to go any lower, so how much higher do we have to get as a rugby nation to wrestle it back? It doesn't make for great thinking, but they are a chance. They are definitely a chance. It's a dose of gallows humour from you today, Shawnee, but we choose to believe, fingers crossed, the Wallabies can really mix it up with the All Blacks come Thursday week. Yeah, I love it, and I just want you to know, Stacky, I love them. I love every one of them. I appreciate the effort each of them put into the respective games they deliver the country, and they've done some terrific things over the last couple of years. But as I said, when that roller coaster hits that bottom floor, it can it, it hurts all of us as much as it hurts them. Shawnee, thanks for your time. See you, buddy. Headlines: The men's draw of the U.S. Open just got even more um open. Rafa Nadal knocked out of the tournament by Francis Tiafo. What a victory for the Yank. No Nadal, no Federer, no Djokovic, no Medvedev, no Zverev left in this draw. 
It looks like a huge opportunity for Nick Kyrgios. Ange Postacoglu is going to become the first Australian to manage a team in the Champions League when Celtic play Spanish giants Real Madrid. And we don't even care if they lose because of his response when asked if his team's fans should temper expectations. I'm sure they get enough of their bubble burst in, in their normal lives on a daily basis. It doesn't need me to bring them down and tell them, look, you know, don't, don't come here too excited tomorrow because it might not go well. You know, I don't, I don't think that's my role. My role is to, to make sure they come bouncing in and, and hopefully we send them bouncing out. Wayne Carey says a bag of white powder he was found with at Crown in Perth was not an illegal substance. The AFL great and commentator has been stood down from his role with Channel 7. Speaking of AFL broadcasters, Chief Executive Gil McLaughlin has announced the league has a new broadcast deal. The total agreement we are announcing today with our broadcast partners covers seven seasons from season 2025 until the end of 2031 season and will deliver football a financial return of $4.5 billion. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. If you're into AFLW and you're not listening to the W podcast with Shani and Sam, what are you even doing? Each week over about 30 minutes, they pull apart the biggest issues in women's footy, but in a very fun, irreverent, thoughtful way. Highly recommend. Thanks to rugby.com.au, Stan Sport, and the All Blacks for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.